Thanks for listening to Coffee with Katie and Kick-Ass Women. I'm your host, Katie Myers, and today we are talking about making moves. If you've been following along with this podcast, you know that I myself moved to Houston exactly one year ago today, if you're listening to this on the release date. This move to Houston was just one of about a dozen that I've made in the past decade. I'm what you might call a serial mover, if you will. I've moved for love. I've moved for work. I've moved for school. And moving really has brought me some of the greatest moments of my entire life, of my career. But it's also brought some of the biggest challenges. And if you've been through it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uprooting your life, starting new, I mean, leaving a community behind, finding a new routine, often without any friends or family or support system around, can be really devastating if not done correctly. So that's why I jumped at the chance to explore this topic with someone who could relate, Gabriela Garcia. Gabby is a military spouse who's made several big moves with her husband. We recorded this episode almost one full year ago, just as Gabby was about to make her next big move from Texas to Florida. She was about to say goodbye to a church community, several local organizations that she served with, and a city that she had started her business in. She has some incredible advice for anyone about to make a major life transition, especially a physical move. She gets real with us about the ups and the downs moving can bring. So without further ado, grab a cup of coffee and join me for Coffee with Katie and Gabriela Garcia. Gabby. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for joining me because um, you're like how many days out from moving uh, your like whole life? four days. <laughs> four days out. Yeah. You're moving to Destin. Destin, Florida. Well, we'll be in the area. We'll be, I think, in Niceville we're aiming for. Okay. Just a couple <laughs> days ago, you kind of made this Facebook announcement that you were moving. And I, I think along with a lot of other people, were just like really shocked. Yeah. Because um, I knew from social media that you had just recently moved here, but I also knew how involved you were, are currently yeah. here in San Antonio. So this is not your first move. Uh, surprise, surprise. You moved to San Antonio a year ago from New York, yes. correct? So tell me what initially brought you here to San Antonio. Um, a series of military mistakes, <laughs> honestly. Uh, we were, well, I was never actually supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. uh, my husband came about six months prior to me moving, mm -hmm. um, tried out for a specific pipeline, mm -hmm. ended up getting injured. That caused a major delay, a series of other things occurred, and just bad paperwork, bad moments, constant delay, where we reached uh, our six-month point apart and we finally had to make that decision like are we going to continue doing this apart when you're not even deployed and mm -hmm. you're technically not even in a school yet right um or do I move to San Antonio and just we figure it out from there uh so we made the decision to move <laughs> on Christmas day actually of last 2016? year 2016 um, or 2017 2017 we yeah. moved Christmas day 2017 uh packed up our house I gave away 90 percent of what we owned Oh, we actually had friends move in. Our tenants were friends that we knew in the area. So we lived together for a couple of days, woke up on Christmas morning, said goodbye, and proceeded to take a journey down through New York, saying goodbye to family, and then we hit the road. Um, we got here on New Year's Eve, I believe. Yeah, it was either New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. I think it was New Year's Eve. Mm -hmm. um, had some friends from Austin show up with a case of beer, help us unpack. Yeah. <laughs> and that started my journey here. Yeah. So, but that also was not the first time you moved. So you moved one additional time with your husband uh, in Albany, correct? Yeah. So originally I'm from downstate, down in New York City. Mm -hmm. I used to teach as part of Teach for America over in Harlem. Mm -hmm. um, but after I finished my, my two-year duty with them, I decided to kind of take a pause and figure out whether education was the battle I wanted to fight or if I wanted to end up going into med schools I had previously planned or, mm -hmm. you know, what are we about to do? I think I was 23 at the time mm -hmm. um, and happened to reconnect with someone from college. Mm -hmm. uh, we hit it off, took a couple of years, you know, down the road, but we ended up hitting it off and um, made the decision to kind of leap. There was something that felt right about him and 
he already owned a home at that time in Albany, and I was floundering about trying to figure it out in my 20s and decided, you know what, let's give this a shot. Mm -hmm. So I packed up my stuff and ended up moving to Albany to stay with him. Yeah. Yeah. So I think people go through transitions in life all the time, right? You're talking about at that point, if we're rewinding, um, making a career move, you know, not going to med school, kind of deciding, but there's this whole thing about moving, right, that I get asked a lot, and I'm sure you do too. Um, it's, it's not just a career change. It's like yeah. you're physically picking up and moving your life to a brand new location. Yes. Um, so the first time you did it, now this would be, you know, a couple times since, but the first yeah. time you did it, what was that feeling like? It's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely terrifying, especially when you're shifting, um, just being an East Coast girl and from the city, and I was kind of raised in a in a part of Jersey, in Bayonne, New Jersey, that faces Manhattan. So my entire life, I'm, I'm a path train baby. I always have access oh. to the city. Um, and that, that's a unique lifestyle, just being able to walk everywhere. Totally. You know, I didn't have my license, and now I'm picking up. And I had gone to school in, uh, in Boston, so I definitely didn't want a license there. That was easy to navigate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now I'm caught in this situation where I'm moving into upstate New York where everyone owns a car everyone has been driving since they were 16 um, and I know no one there mm-hmm. so what do you do you, you have this this guy that you're moving for that you're falling in love with he's lived there his entire life so you have his family all of his friends uh, and he happens to be super popular in the area and just was was that guy in the city so everyone knows him but now my identity is that's Carlos's girlfriend instead of that's Gabby or that's, you know, we know her from this, that, and the third. So uh, it was it was slightly terrifying. Um, yeah. And just trying to figure out how to carve my space in that city mm-hmm. um, with the limited connections and literally not being able to leave the house at certain times because I didn't have a license. So I'm reliant on him to bring me from place to place. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think... It was one of those moments where I had to make a decision. Am I going to sit here and be depressed about it? Or am I going to do what I need to do in order to get out and to start to navigate the city? Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up applying for a, a state job. Mm-hmm. So that was my kind of my first step in beginning to form a community and figuring out you know, what was great about this area. Because mm-hmm. I, I think that sometimes we get stuck in what we knew and even when we're in it, we complain about it. But then when we leave it, it's like, oh, that was the best place. I had the best pizza. 100%. Had, 100%. <laughs> had all the great things. Yep. And here I am in this new place, and there's nothing to do, and there's nowhere to go. And um, I had to really kind of pause on that and make a decision to kind of be a tourist in my own, in my own new city mm-hmm. and figure out, you know, what people love about it. Right. Um, and what I, were some of the things that you did? Uh, I soon found that we had the Adirondacks nearby. Yeah. So suddenly I'm realizing, okay, people traveled around the globe to actually come here and hike here. Mm-hmm. I need to check that out, figure out what I can do there. Um, you know, being a city girl now being 10, 15 minutes away from farms, it's like, okay, I have access to local produce. My coworkers are bringing in fresh cucumbers and tomatoes. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay, let's enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also found out that I had an aunt that lived nearby. Mm -hmm. So I was able to reconnect with her and and start to form new family bonds. Mm -hmm. Um, So the minute that I kind of shifted my mindset, things started to open up. Um, And church definitely helped. It was the first time that I had decided, okay, um, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. Let's figure out what that means. And within that, was able to form a church community. And and I think that was the moment that I felt like I had a home now. I had people that were rooting for me Mm -hmm. and that this could be home for a little bit. Yeah. I can see that you, that Albany was your guinea pig for, (laughs) you know, training grounds, training grounds. Right. (laughs) So your next move when you came to San Antonio, although it's still terrifying, right. And it's still like brand new, um, and a leap of faith you kind of knew, right, that you had to get involved. Yeah. So what were kind of some of the first things in making this second leap that you committed to here? Yeah, I think um, it was interesting, right? Because on one hand, I was convinced that we would only be here for two or three months. So there was this, like, do I want to actually get involved? Do I want to form relationships and have to say goodbye? Um, And then that two to three months turned into, wait, we're six months and we're already, we're still staying here. 
Um, and I had to keep reminding myself of what the first couple of years in Albany looked like. I was depressed, I was lonely, I was missing my friends, uh, missing my community, missing my family, and I was like, I wasted all of that time missing people instead of going and seeking opportunities to make those new friends and make those new connections and make memories there. Mm -hmm. uh, so when we got to San Antonio, I, I had this perspective of let's not waste time. Let's, let's enjoy this as much as possible. Mm -hmm. um, and I think one of the things that in reflection I, I realized is the last year we were in Albany, we took in a homestay student from Japan. And having her live with us was so unique because I think she was told she was going to be living in New York City, right? Oh, when they promote yeah. it, they say right. New York. Right, right. And we know now, you're two and a half hours away. <laughs> right. And people don't realize how big the state of New York exactly. exactly is. They hear New York, they think the Big Apple. Yeah. Um, so I think she was a little shocked when she arrived in Albany and was like, where's the big building? Yeah, where's the Empire State um, Building? But she, she didn't, that didn't bother her at all. She was fascinated by what Albany had to offer. She mm -hmm. was finding coffee shops I had never heard of. Um, she was excited about the Adirondacks. She was excited about going to see the farms and going apple picking. And I think having her around made me realize, okay, well, she's from a completely different country. She's traveled across the globe mm -hmm. to enjoy this. You know, what can I show her that's accessible from here? Mm -hmm. And it just made me turn into this kind of like tour guide mindset, which is where Jesus is my tour guide really came from, mm -hmm. uh, which is my, my handle on social media. And it was like, okay, you know, if I look at this as a tourist, what is there to see? Let me, let me behave as if I am visiting a new city. Um, so by the time I got to San Antonio, I had that mindset and I started to behave as if I was planning a trip. Mm -hmm. So what did that look like? That looked like me going on Pinterest. What are the must-eats in San Antonio? What are the must-sees? You know, what's the Instagrammable you know, photos and things like that? Um, utilizing Yelp and what social media accounts do I need to follow? Mm -hmm. uh, and just using that to create a plan because, yeah. you know, the husband's over on base. I'm stuck in this city, don't know anyone. Let's, let's go explore. <laughs> yeah. What a zest for life and what an amazing way to look at life. You know, <laughs> I mean, just to say this whole thing is a journey, right? Yeah. So why not act like a complete tourist the entire time? Yeah. But you did mention, um, you know, depression. And it's real. <laughs> it's real. Um, it's totally real. And oftentimes, I don't know about for you, mm. but for me, you don't really realize, you think you're sad and, mm -hmm. you know, that it's normal and it's a transition, yeah. but... Everyone kind of encourages you to just, you know, you'll feel it, let it go. Or, you know, I'm sure, you know, Gabby's a really happy person and mm -hmm. she's a really friendly person. And so it's probably really hard for friends or family to look at you and think, you yeah. know, that something is, is wrong, but... What were some of those identifiers for you that, like, you know, I've really got to put in the work? Or, And then the follow-up question is, how did you put in the work? You know what I mean? Definitely. Because... It, it is work. Yeah. yeah. It's an act. It's a constant decision that you have to make. I think, uh, you know, that time period where Carlos, uh, who's my husband, uh, was here in San Antonio and I was back in Albany, that's when it really, really got real. And on the front, on the frontwards, you know, facing side outward, um, people see me and I was, you know, heading a children's ministry. I was working full time for the state. Um, I was still serving on, a, on, a, on the board for a nonprofit. I was still doing all of the things. You know, they see me taking pictures with my homestay student and traveling across the East Coast. But what they didn't see was the nights I was crying, the nights I was lonely, the nights I wasn't going to sleep, um, and the constant not knowing of what was next. Because then I had to, uh, I had to be strong for him, right? Because he's going through it over here on his own, mm -hmm. and pursuing a dream of his. Yeah. So how do I, you know, how do we navigate that conversation when you're miserable, I'm miserable, but we know that we're doing it for a bigger reason? Mm -hmm. um, and those were tough conversations. And then I would come visit, and it's like, I'm here visiting. I don't want to bring up all the all the hard stuff. Let's just have fun and enjoy each other because I know I have to go back home soon. Mm -hmm. um, but when I finally moved here, we were able to have those hard conversations and say, okay, this wasn't healthy. We were trying to protect each other, but in that, we were hiding what was really going on, and it's coming out in other ways. So I was gaining weight. I was finding myself not wanting to get out of bed. I was finding myself canceling plans. Um, and I remember that those are like the signs, right? Because I had gone through it as a teacher when I was living alone. Mm -hmm. um, so when I got here, there was this open, like, I don't want to go there again. 
I know that I'm someone that thrives off of community. I need to have a community of my own. Mm -hmm. I can't fully rely on you. When you're here, that's great, and he's one of the most supportive people I have, and he supports me in everything I do. Um, but I also one of those people that needs the physical, the physical touch, needs to sit down and have those conversations and mm -hmm. enjoy with someone. Yeah. Um, so knowing that at some point he was going to leave again, I was like, I have to form my own community. Mm -hmm. uh, so how do I do that? Um, and when it came to those moments where you, you actively have to kind of you have to fight yourself. It, it's a, it's, <laughs> at some points, I, I was telling him that I'd wake up in the morning and have to just coach myself and say, all right, get up. It's, it's a mental battle. <laughs> it's a mental battle. Yes. Yeah. It and is. you almost feel like sometimes, I don't know if you feel this way, that you're mm -hmm. like mentally brainwashing yourself. Yes, you are. That, you completely are. You that are you're literally like, pushing yourself. I don't want to get up. I don't want to go here. I don't want to go there. And it's like you turn on the propaganda that's just like, <laughs> yes. yes, you do want to yes, go work do. out today. Yes, you do want to <laughs> eat this salad. Yes, you do want to get this coffee with this Absolutely. person. Absolutely. It's such a mental ball game. But, um, you just have to stay strong and like even when the happy times are here and you're good you've still got to babysit it yes. because you never know you can't let it slip you yeah. never know what little thing is going to trigger that bad day yeah and the bad day is harder to get over than yeah. anything else yeah you're absolutely right and I think the, um, I think that we sometimes forget our wins mm -hmm. that was one of the so things so easily that I, oh so we were such forgetful creatures but one of the things I had to keep reminding myself of was you've been here before. Mm -hmm. You know what you need to actually do. And I think that sometimes we get consumed with information or addicted to new information. Totally. Um, you know, what's the, what's the newest food I have to eat? What's the newest exercise? What's the newest place I need to go to? And it's like, you've already tested a lot of these things out at this point. Um, and I already knew. I, I knew what I'm supposed to be eating. I, I know what makes me feel good. I know... You know, that if, when I get up in the morning, I'm actually really great at 5 a.m. And I know that if I just do that, the rest of my day is going to go great. I'm going to feel productive. Mm -hmm. um, but then you have those days where you're like, forget it. Mm -hmm. Forget it. Yeah. <laughs> I want nothing. To, I don't even want to try. Um, and one of the things I had to learn this year was allowing that day to happen and then not beating yourself up for the next two weeks over it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, one of my phrases has been like, tomorrow's a new day. Yes. Tomorrow's a new day. Yes. Just because I had one bad day doesn't mean that there's going to be another, yes. you know, let yourself binge watch this TV show yes. or not get out of your pajamas yeah. and then tomorrow make the decision to exactly. have a new day. Almost like a self-care toolbox. Like it, it absolutely is. I'm not feeling well today. What can I pull out of the toolbox to help me feel absolutely. better? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and having accountability. I mean, mm -hmm. for me, um, my my beginning to slip away was any time my husband would leave because he is my accountability. He's right, right there. He's like, hey, you know, you said you wanted to do this. You said you would go here. Why aren't What's you doing up? it? What's up? Let's Check go. Check in. Um, so when he's not around, it's almost like you turn into, I turn into a little kid, frankly, like yeah. little kid syndrome. Like, I don't want to do it. No one's here to tell me not to. We've got a lot in common. <laughs> We've got a lot in common. I'm just like, you got to be real about it. Right? Yeah. I feel like we all have that inner, like yeah. stubborn child inside of us. Mm -hmm. It's like, we know we should eat our vegetables and put the donut down, but we don't want to right now. Sometimes eat the donut. So, <laughs> you know, being a military spouse, making yeah. all these moves, um, knowing that you've got to make some sacrifices. Um, but you said something earlier, identity, um, I think is like a really big theme for military spouses. Um, how, you know, your community and your identity are so intertwined, but how have you been able to maintain that identity um, with this relationship that whether you like it or not, you guys are attached to the military, you know, yep. you're kind of, the military's in control, yeah. you know? <laughs> they absolutely you do You can have give your control. the facade that, you know, you've got control over it, but you really don't. No, we don't. Um, I think, I think my faith has helped a lot with that, just learning how to surrender different parts of your life, mm -hmm. um, and knowing it's going to work out, mm -hmm. um, and I think that's where, like, reminding yourself of the wins, it's mm -hmm. like, okay, I've moved many times in my life. And each time, I expected the worst and had amazing surprises. Um, in San Antonio, specifically in this past year, as I reflect, even within the first couple of months here, the first two months here, I joked that San Antonio was courting me um, because so many opportunities were, were already opening up mm -hmm. with people that I had known in my past that happened to be here and would open a door for me. Um, but 
I think I think those moments you kind of have to really take stock of them mm-hmm. and remind and and keep that journal, keep posting it on Facebook, keep sharing it so that people know. You know, I love the flashbacks. I'm like really enjoying those love because the you, you kind of know, mm-hmm. you feel like you know, and then you're like, I had no idea what was coming for me. I had no idea mm-hmm. how many amazing women I was going to meet, mm-hmm. um, or how many opportunities I was going to have, and how many goals I was going to tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to your original question about identity, uh, my faith is honestly the thing that, that has rooted me mm-hmm. in saying, okay, no matter what happens, I know who I am, and I know that I have someone watching out for me and that has a plan for me. So let Jesus be my tour guide. You know, no matter where we go, he's going to open doors. He's going to have people that he's already set up to be my community, mm-hmm. that he's already set up to, to open doors for me and to, to help support us. And mm-hmm. honestly, this whole year could not have happened if it weren't for people stepping up and being giving mm-hmm. and being supportive and being encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why I became known for that as well, because it's like it's been given to me so much, I have to give it back. I I know what it does for people. I know that it's the difference between success and failure, between feeling alone and suddenly feeling like you're invincible. Um, It really has been just surrounding myself with people that truly want to see you in, truly are willing to give you what you need, whether that's a meal, a hug, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And just rooting myself in knowing my my past and reflecting on it and knowing you've been through harder things mm-hmm. you know how blessed are you to to go and investigate a whole new city right you know how awesome is it that you get to make new friends where so many of our friends at this age in your 30s are saying it's hard to make friends it's hard to meet new people mm-hmm. and now I have a whole new community in a whole other state yeah. um and just wanting to show that and say like Mm-hmm. It's not true. If you just walk out of your door, if you're just willing to have a conversation, if you're willing to say hello, mm-hmm. um, you can start to build community. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What um, you said when we were chatting on the phone about that you kind of made a promise to yourself to say yes. Yeah. Um, uh, and just come in and say yes. Like I'm making this, I'm taking this leap of faith. Like just say yes to every opportunity. Yeah. Um, but what are some of the ways, you know, we were just, as I was setting up, talking about mm-hmm. some of the ways that people said yes to you. You know what I mean? And kind of open their doors. Because I think um, it's really vulnerable to go out there and be like, here Absolutely. I am, this new person, let me in. Yeah. But there's also some vulnerability in opening your arms and welcoming somebody in. So what are some of, like, the ways that people here in San Antonio were like, welcome here, Gabby, and, like, join our community? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the first one was definitely with the city church over on Bandera Road. Um, I came in and just flat out told everyone that I met, hey, I'm from New New York. I have no idea what I'm doing here. And I would just list off my skills. I'm like, hey, I like to take pictures. I like to serve. Uh, I used to work with kids, you know, anything you guys need, I'm here for. Mm -hmm. Um, And through that, they kind of tossed an opportunity to help with uh, Easter Mm -hmm. and promoting their Easter service. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I'm not working. I have nothing else to do. This is a great way to meet people. And it's something I believe in. I I want people to be encouraged and come and check this out. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. And that spun out into uh, Feed SA, which is when we raised 300,000 meals for the food bank. Yeah. and, and that opportunity alone, it, it, oddly enough, it kind of reminded me of who I was and what my skill sets were. Because I think when you, when you leave your base, you know, leaving home or leaving something you've been kind of used to, leaving your day-to-day job, and you start something new, you kind of forget mm-hmm. what you're good at. Your identity. Yeah, you, you <laughs> totally forget, you know, why did they hire me? Why are, what am I good at? What am I supposed to be doing here? Yeah. Um, so... I I really encourage people to just serve first. When you have nothing to do or you don't know what to do next, find an opportunity to serve in. We all care about something, whether it's pets or children or the homeless, whatever it is, there's always a place where you're needed. Mm -hmm. And I think once you get this this heart of servitude and this attitude to to give whatever you have, um, it starts to remind you of what your gifts are and what the things are that you enjoy. And it takes the focus off of you quite a bit, right? Like, totally. <laughs> I mean, it, what a way to, what a mood booster as well. Yes. Like when you're giving back, it's really hard. It's hard to wallow in your self-pity. Right? <laughs> like all the things that are wrong. Yeah. 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 But you also had um, some amazing groups of women. Oh, yes. That yes. really, I mean, yeah, so. just 
Yeah, go funny into, story. Mm -hmm. um, I was scrolling through Instagram, and like I said, I was I was playing Taurus, so I had followed all the accounts, you know, San Antonio Love List and mm -hmm. anything I could find about where to eat, where to go, and any events happening. Um, and one of my tricks for folks who are who are moving into yeah. a new city is to go on Facebook and click the events tab and just find out what's happening that week mm -hmm. or that weekend, and you know, click the interested button and keep going. But uh, by doing that, I started to get a pulse on what was happening in the city. Okay, there's poetry nights. Okay, there's you know this rodeo happening. I've never done that before. Let's check that out. <laughs> right. I'm from. Yeah. I mean, I'm from up north too. And my first rodeo was down here in San Antonio. Yes. Like what? No, this like, I need this to actually see this. happens. <laughs> exactly. I'm like this real, is real life cowboys. Life? Yeah. Count me in. Oh my gosh. Um, so just, just doing that, and I got into the habit of doing it, and that's when I bumped into the Hustle and Socialize conference. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this would be perfect. This is geared towards female entrepreneurs. I finally made the decision that I'm going to open up shop here. Mm -hmm. um, it's like perfect timing, now or never. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, ch I click on the link, and it's, it's sold out. <laughs> and it's literally happening the next day. Oh. So I was like, oh, you know, darn, I missed it. And then something was just like, you know what, why not? Just ask. Maybe they need a photographer, and you can offer a service. So I, I found Christina on Instagram. Um, I messaged her directly, and I was like, I know it's tomorrow. I know it's sold out, but I would love to surf. Right? Let me know if you need a photographer, and I, I just want to be there. I just think it's something I should be at. And sure enough. But first of all, I didn't actually want to send that message. I was, you know, when you're typing it out and you, you backspace She's a bunch of times. She's going to think I'm a creeper. Like, yes. do I sound too much like a stalker Absolutely. Here? I'm like, oh, I sound so desperate. Like, ah. Uh. Yeah. And you, I was, like, just about to just, like, forget it, don't do it, and talk myself out of it. Straight up fear talking. Totally. Um, I hit the send button by accident. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, well, all right, Lord. Like, we're going to do this yeah. then. And she, she responded immediately and was like, actually, we need a photographer. That would be great. Um, can you get here by this time? Da, 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 da. And that day was, you know, looking back, probably the day that everything changed for me in San Antonio. I met some of the most amazing women across the city all in one place. And because I was there early, you know, I got to meet Christian, the keynote speaker, as soon as I got in there. I got to meet Taryn, who is now the city champion for women in digital. And I got to meet other photographers and creatives and it was like they had somehow managed Michelle and Christina to bring this cross-section mm -hmm. of all of the best women in this city mm -hmm. um, and, I, and here I was the new girl mm -hmm. who just had that pitch hi I'm brand new what do you do here you know show me you know how can I help how can I get involved right. and I just had that energy all day and I you know thoroughly enjoyed hearing everyone talk um, but I just I just kept going. I was just soaking it all in. And it, it was like confirmation. Like, okay, these women, women like me are here. Mm -hmm. And I just need to connect with them. And everyone was so insanely friendly. And I just couldn't stop talking about how friendly the people in San Antonio are in general. Yeah. Um, but even women that might be my competition, right? Folks who are also doing digital marketing are also photographing on the East Coast. It's not always that friendly. We mm -hmm. do business exchanges, you know, business card exchange. But... You know, to have someone openly say, like, no, here, follow this and go here. And I have this going on and I would love for you to be a part of it. Um, I had never really experienced that. And that's that's way more the way that I operate. Mm -hmm. And I had been burned so many times that you kind of you kind of want to stop doing that. Mm -hmm. But it's my heart. My heart's to give. Yeah. Um, so meeting folks that were like minded was just that game changer. Mm -hmm. um, and now we have the benefit of social media, mm -hmm. whereas I think 20 years ago, our parents who may have wanted to do something like this couldn't have. They, it was difficult to even keep up with your college friends. Right. And now we have this benefit of instantly being able to reach out to someone and say, hey, I met you at this thing. I thought you, you might be interested in this, or I see that you're going to be involved with this. You know, how do I get involved? Mm -hmm. um, and I think just the, I kind of had this, this momentum at that point to say, okay, I've made connections here. Do I let them die? You know, do I do I let fear talk again? Because this almost didn't happen. Right. You know, this all started because of a, a, a DM. Of the thumb. I didn't mean to say, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, I wasn't going to. And, and that for me, it was just that that spiritual kind of like, all right, God, you got this. You just introduced me to everyone I need to meet. Mm -hmm. um, let's begin forming relationships and, and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And it spiraled out from there. It just honestly, it did. It was. I would see that they were going to get involved with something or I see that uh, I could fulfill a need and I would just pitch myself and start asking. And I think that's the big thing that, that separates us, mm -hmm. you know, when you're successful or not or the folks that stay in entrepreneurship and don't 
the difference between your business, you know, going further and stopping as soon as you start is, is fear. Sometimes we just let the fear talk way too loud and I think you just got to do it anyway. So the minute that I start to feel scared about something, that's when I know I'm supposed to do it. (laughs) That's like the red flag to just go. Totally. Go and ask. And what's the worst that can happen? You say no, Mm -hmm. but at least you know. Yeah. I've never identified with something more. (laughs) I mean, fear is that red flag. Mm -hmm. So um, you, you know what I love about what you just said is that I've had some of the best connections too, from just reaching out. Like what's the, what's the, what's the least, what's the worst that could happen? They say no. Yeah. Um, But that you're reaching out to people with something that benefits them. And I've had this conversation recently with a lot of people who are, you know, trying to make career moves or make those kinds of connections. Um, And I think it's really off-putting to get a message from somebody that says right off the bat, I need you to help me. Yes. You know, if you would have reached out to Christina and been like, I need to attend this conference, let me in for free. Mm -hmm. She would have been like... delete like never but you offered her something valuable yeah um and it's funny I just I've had that conversation quite a bit and I'm so glad to hear you mimic that it's like you're offering something before you're asking for something yeah and I I think that people sometimes forget that we're we're people right they Mm -hmm. see the title they see the Instagram reality they see you know, who you get to hang out with and what you get to do. And we forget that that's still a person that is working their butt off every day, that is trying to create something new for other other folks to enjoy or for them to purchase or to learn from. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think more and more as I was meeting people that, you know, on paper, I was like, wow, you're really impressive. Like, look at where you are. Look at what you get to do. Even you. I'm like, wow, she gets to do this. Like, Me? Hold. Yes, absolutely. I was fascinated by your career. Oh like, my God. oh, my gosh. Seeing all these and you know, seeing women behind the scenes and producing shows. I'm like, you know, I have a science background. I didn't even know that was an option. Like I was just always trained that you're going to be a doctor. So all of college was those classes, chemistry, bio, physics, the end. Mm -hmm. Um, So my perception of what was possible um, in the creative industry was there wasn't, it Mm -hmm. just wasn't an option. So now that I get to see women in all these different careers, I'm like blown away, so excited about what you get to do and, and what your life day to day is like. Um, and I think sometimes when we're doing it constantly, we forget that it's so different from someone else next to us. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was just, I was fascinated by it. Yeah. So you, you reach out and you go to this, um, event and you meet all these people and beyond meeting them, you really form relationships and that's led you into volunteering opportunities. It strengthened your business. Um, it's led you to serve on other boards in the community, like women in digital. Um, so I'm not trying to be a downer here, but you're about to leave (laughs) this community that you've fostered and grown. Um, and so I feel like the exciting part of moving is thinking about now you get to go be, uh, you know, a tourist in a different city and you yep. get to get excited about you're going to be like living on one of the most beautiful like beaches in the whole world. But aside from that, you're leaving this community. So yeah. um, are you scared? Are you nervous? Oh, absolutely. It's all over again. Yeah. It's, a, it's the cycle all over again. But I think the difference now is... Um, seeing what happened in San Antonio and believing that that my father in heaven is always doing better and more I'm like well if San Antonio was this good like what's Destin gonna be then like how do you top this incredible city with all these amazing women and all the opportunities I had and things I got to knock off my bucket list and it's like so then what's next so um, I took a couple weeks to just mourn (laughs) just mourn the loss of the culture because I think it's it's hard to find. This This is one of the most underrated cities I've ever been in. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. So much hidden. Uh, so many gems. So much history. So much good food. Um, but now I'm, I'm looking to Florida and saying, okay, well, if this was so good. And I, I expected none of it. I expected to be here for a blip in time and look at what unraveled. And look at the, the true sisters I formed here. Um, and the fact that, like, my business finally wasn't just a side hustle or just a thought or a dream. It was something that became a reality that impacted other people. Mm-hmm. Then what What are you doing? You know, I'm a little excited now. Like, after I've mourned a little bit, there's this tinge of excitement of, okay, well, like, what is next? Because mm-hmm. I have no idea again. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I have no clue. Yeah. 
I'm excited for you. Thank I you. mean, having just moved to though, I mean, I still feel a little bit of nostalgia. I think yes. you know the the throwbacks you're talking about on Facebook are like the best, yes. but also the worst because sometimes I'm like, oh, San Antonio, you know, yeah. the city that I know, like the back of my head or back of my hand. Yeah. So um, what would you say to somebody who is considering um, taking a leap of faith like you have? Cause there's do some, it. we <laughs> just, do just it. do it. I mean, really like we have so many options now because of technology and because of the internet. You can start a business tomorrow. You can, you can sell whatever you want. You can create an online course. You can tutor someone in China in English and make money off of doing that. Um, we're, we're looking to Destin and we're, we're finding issues trying to find a home. I just found three other apps that help you find roommates. I mean, if you don't have kids, I mean, I think it's the big one. If you don't have kids or you're single right now, you have literally nothing stopping you. And you can always come back. I think at the end of the day, that was the thing that really pushed my husband and I to allow him to kind of pursue this dream. Like, we left the the corporate world where he was very comfortable in a finance job, and we had the house in New York, and we were on our way, you know, married, next kids, okay, knocking off the checklist. Um, but why not? Why not now? Before we, we get locked into anything long term, and if it doesn't work out, you can always go back. You already know what home is. You already have a network here. Um, there's just really nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the big thing for, for him, when we made the choice to, because we made the choice together, it was kind of that sit down, like, okay. Mm-hmm. The one question I asked him was like, can you picture your life without having tried? Like, even if you don't make it, yep. um, even if this doesn't work out the way we want it to, could you be okay not trying? He was like, absolutely not. And I was like, then we have to do it. Yeah. Then we have to do it. And let's and go. It, let's go, let's try, let's see what happens. And, you know, we joke because this has been one of my best years in life and one of his worst. <laughs> Literally, but you know what? There's got to be balance in relationships. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what I mean? Right? Yeah, it's never 50-50. Yeah. It's always a give and take and a season for everyone. But um, when he would say that, I would have to stop and remind him and say, like, okay, I know on the military front, this was sucky. This did not go according to plan. This threw a monkey wrench in everything you believed and thought you were doing. Mm-hmm. And we spent a lot of time apart. But in the process, you gained a whole new family. He ended up on the worship team at our church, and he has all these new friends and, like, deep friendships that happened very quickly. Um, you wouldn't have had that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I put names to these things. You know, I'm like, you wouldn't have had Jen and Andre. You wouldn't have had your whole, your whole team. You wouldn't have had this experience where you got to be on stage and perform poetry for these people. And all those things wouldn't have happened if the military didn't suck at what they do and didn't get the paperwork right on time. Yeah. And, you know, didn't screw up your orders a billion times. Um, so I've had to just, like, even for myself, say those things that when it... Speak when it, them out loud. Write yes, them down. Like Write them down. Remind yourself mm-hmm. or keep people around that remind you. Um, I've been blessed with really amazing friends that any time I start to down play what I'm capable of doing they remind me and say like no you we were there when you were going through xyz and and look where you are now and look what you've been able to do Mm -hmm. um and I I think reminders of the reminding yourself is the most important thing and that's what I love about photos yeah it was just a way to remind myself of all the places I've been all Mm -hmm. the people I've met and even Mm -hmm. if we don't talk anymore like I cherish that memory Mm -hmm. um and just being able to catch that moment in time we're lucky that we get to do that, that we get to blog, that we get to Instagram, that we get to just have it at our fingertips. So it's like, use it. That's mm-hmm. one of the tools you have when you're having a rough day. You need to remind yourself, like, wait a minute, I've been through worse. Wait a minute. This scroll, really scroll isn't on through that your bad. Own story. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, <clears throat> this one, uh, you know, I just asked you for advice if you're thinking about moving, making that big transition, as you've done several times. We yeah. haven't even talked about really, like, the transition from being a chemistry teacher to <laughs> now photography. And photography. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, we, another thing that you are, are is a military spouse. Yeah. And so yeah. we talk about advice for making transitions, but also let's jump into advice for like really committing yourself to being a military spouse. Um, what are, what are some of the things that you would just, Warn. (laughs) Warn. Warn. People just, yeah. What would you, I don't know. I think at first um, I didn't identify with that Mm -hmm. at all. Like I knew in theory, like I knew that I was starting to get people saying thank you for your service and it confused me. Right? (laughs) 
<laughs> I was like, I haven't actually done anything other than encourage him at this point. Um, but once I finally moved to San Antonio, and this is such a military heavy and friendly city, like back east, people appreciate it and they say thank you, but it's, it's not a thing. Everyone has so many other careers and options there. Um, and then coming here where there's so many bases, and it's really a, a community here. Um, and there's a, a love and respect for the, for the men and women that do that job. That's when I started to hear, you know, thank you for your service. Thank you for what your husband's doing. Thank you for what you're doing. And I had to, like, kind of pause and say, like, well, what am I doing? Well, what is different? And you have that moment you realize, oh, my life isn't totally normal. <laughs> I had this realization a, a couple months ago where um, we had, I think we were going, like, our fifth month apart. And I was doing the, like, six-and-a-half, seven-hour journey up to Wichita. And he was doing it back, too. And we had this moment where I was like, oh, I, I forget that people have their husbands at home. Like, <laughs> I genuinely forgot that that was a thing that you get to have dinner with your husband every, every night. night. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it sounds silly, but it just became our world and how we functioned. And we, we found our groove in that. We figured it out. We figured out that WhatsApp is a blessing. We figured out to set time apart each day for each other. And that's where you get to update each other and everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. And it kind of feels like you're dating again. Totally. Um, and then, you you know, when you do get those weekends together, those feel like vacations mm -hmm. because now you just get to do something together. Um, be tour tourists together. Yes, be complete <laughs> tour. Oh, we definitely did. We were eating our way through Wichita, <laughs> anything we could find. Um, but I guess the biggest advice I would say is is to push yourself to find your own community. Like, he, he can't be your anchor. Um, and I, I think that sometimes that's where we go wrong. We get, we get so attached to our, our other persons and that sometimes it's just in friendship, sometimes our girlfriends, and then they decide to do something different, and that's really traumatizing for some folks. Um, but I think that was the, the biggest thing that allowed us to survive and to thrive, was we were, we were both growing our own communities separately, mm -hmm. and then we were able to come together and share that and give those updates and be excited for each other about it. Um, but I think if you don't make that commitment and set the time apart to go and seek and create new friendships and, um, you know, like I have, I have like mental lists in my mind of you call this person when you want to go eat, you call this person when you want to go see a show, mm -hmm. you know, you call this person when you want to drink wine on the couch and mm -hmm. you have your subgroups for those things. Totally. But, um, it's actually a piece of advice I got from another military wife, but she was like, you know, he's gone so much. You got to have your list. You got to have the people you can call on for the different things you enjoy. Mm -hmm. Um, and if I'm speaking honestly, I, I didn't really um, link myself to the military community here. Mm -hmm. We weren't what they call PC, like permanent change of station. Mm -hmm. He was just a student, so I really had no access to those wives. Right. Um, and from Facebook, the groups that I joined, I couldn't identify with them because yeah. I, I don't have kids yet. And we had already had careers prior to this. And a lot of these young girls, they got married early. They, they started having kids early. Um, it's a whole different experience, mm -hmm. and they're they're clinging to that military community because it is it's it's a lifestyle, mm -hmm. um, and it's so different, and it's hard for people to understand, mm -hmm. and sometimes it's hard for them to be compassionate about uh, because of whatever misconceptions totally. they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we've we talked about that yeah. on the phone, like <laughs> people saying to you that, well, you knew what you were getting into, mm -hmm. um, and I've been thinking about that ever since we said that specifically, like. Yeah. You know, you sign up for a marathon, right? And you know what you're getting into because it's listed there on the on the paper that you signed. Yes. But then you're on mile 12. And you have to and push. And it sucks. It and sucks. you're sweating. And, yeah. like, you never really know. Don't know until you're in it. Until you're in the yeah. thick of it. And yeah. so, you know, I just think it's, it, it's probably one of the hardest roles that somebody can take. Absolutely. Because you're... You're stuck in this position where you're allowing your spouse to pursue their dream, and their dream happens to be something incredibly dangerous. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and like you said before, you have no real control over when or how it happens. Mm -hmm. And you're stuck in this position where at any moment, he has to go. Mm -hmm. And there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. And you have to completely flip a switch and adjust. Right. Um, and I think the, that's where community comes into play. Mm -hmm. And some folks get lucky enough to be near family, but a lot of us don't. 
a lot of us is just thrown into this whole new community. And I think that's why a lot of folks in the military, from what I've seen, kind of cling to each other. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's exhausting to try to explain to some folks. Sometimes you're just like, ah, oh, I know you mean well, but... Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just, and I felt that way as a teacher. I was like, yes, you know, you, you have an idea of what I do, but you have no idea mm-hmm. how painfully exhausting and emotionally draining this is, mm-hmm. except for the other person next to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think my biggest advice would just to make community a priority. Like, yes, you guys have each other, mm-hmm. um, but when you physically can't be together, when you can't speak to each other, um, you, you need you to have do? someone there to take you out of the funk. Maybe you need someone to make a meal for you. Maybe you need someone to just take your kids away for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and just figuring out how to carve time out for your interests and your mm-hmm. dreams. That's, you gotta have something else to anchor you. And for me, it's been, it's been faith and like my faith-filled community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where like, hey, I have people who aren't just praying for me, but they're praying for like us. Right. And they're praying for like our success in this. Yeah. Um, rather than you know the other friends who just don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. So they're, they go into blaming mode and that's dangerous. That's dangerous for your mind. Oh yeah. I mean, a huge theme in my life, I feel like has been victimization. Mm. Like you get down this rabbit hole of this is happening to me because, or, Mm -hmm. you know, so-and-so did this. So I'm experiencing this and you, it's such a dangerous, dangerous cyclical behavior pattern. Um, instead of looking at it and saying, sure, somebody did this or somebody's behaving that way, but how can I change it? You know, how can I look at this differently? Um, and that takes a lot of work. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, you know, I was a military spouse, you know, and it didn't work out for me because of, you know, we were wrong for each other. Mm -hmm. It had nothing to do with it. The military life is stressful. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but it had more to do with just who we were as people. Um, now I'm going down a rabbit hole, but I just, I wish, um, you know, I just saw a lot of really stressful relationships and I saw a lot of women who may not have felt like they had a person or an outlet yeah. or, uh, felt stuck. somebody to call or yeah. I heard a lot of the blame game going on, oh, yeah. you know, like yeah. I, I had to give up my degree or I had to, mm. you know, postpone this or I had to mm-hmm. miss my dad's birthday or, you know, whatever yes. it was. And it's like silent resentments that begin to build up and they, they begin to build yeah. up. And, uh, you know, I think it's just, you know, maintaining that conversation between your yes. spouse that these things are going on yes. and then making sure you have that community, like you said, that support group. Um, right. And like you, 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 you hit it right on the, right on the head. It's, it's honestly communication. And like I said before, we had learned that we were doing it the wrong way, right? I think the, the initial thought is to protect your partner. Right. Right. So you don't want to tell them that you're crying every night. You don't want to tell them that you're struggling. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want to tell you that they're in pain, that they, you know, that they want to give up. Mm-hmm. Um, and the minute that we begin to do that, you're, you're not being honest. You're not being truthful with the one person you're supposed to be truthful with. Mm-hmm. And you, you feel like you're doing the right thing because it comes from a place of wanting to protect right, and it comes sure. from a place of love. Um, but, you know, lies come out in other ways and that's really all it is it's it's actually a lie you're lying to each other you're lying to yourself mm-hmm. and now you're putting this pressure on yourself to maintain that lie and then it comes out in an argument down the line it comes out in the passive aggressiveness and then your partner has no idea what the heck is going on meanwhile they've been hiding their own stuff yeah. so now when you finally get back together you have this perception of what you thought was real and now you're facing each other, and you have no idea why you're frustrated. You have no idea why you're crying. You have mm-hmm. no idea, uh, you know, and you hear the thing, like, you just don't understand. And that's when, like, the phrase is, ah, you don't know what I gave up. And it's like, well, you didn't tell me what you gave up. Yeah. You didn't tell me you were giving it up. 100%, yeah. <laughs> um, so I think one of the things that, that we, that I actively do with, with my husband is we do check-ins. And it's like, and it's a simple question, and it sounds a little ridiculous, but it's worked over the past couple of years. It's like, how can I better support you this week? Yeah. And it's such a, it's like a, wait, what? Well, do you, and then I I say this with a warning though, you know, if you're going to ask that question, make sure you want to hear the answer. Oh yeah. That's the (laughs) biggest, you know, in any question you ask, just Mm -hmm. make sure you're ready for the answer. But how great is that advice for really any relationship? Yeah. You know, if you are getting, uh, trying to improve your relationship with anyone, whether it be a coworker or a friend or a spouse or a, a parent or yeah. a sibling, how can I better support you? Yeah. What a powerful thing, you know, but like you said, you've got to mean it. 
you've got to mean it. you got to be ready for that answer. Yeah. And, and sometimes, even for me, I've been like, I'm going to need a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I have the list of things I thought I was doing great. Right. Um, but when you really come from a place of, all right, we're, we're feeling icky right now. There's something up here. Like, mm-hmm. you know, one of the questions is, you know, what do you have coming up <laughs> that you're going to need support in? How can I better support you? What can I do better? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's something I did before that you loved? And, like, <laughs> we had a big laugh a couple of weeks ago. Because I think I, some comedian mentioned, like, if you want to make your husband really happy, like, literally make him a sandwich, hand him a beer, and walk away. And yeah. just, like, leave the house. No words. <laughs> no words. Just hand it. And I, like, laughed at it. And I look over at him, and he's dying. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, what? And he was like, you did this, like, two weeks ago. You just handed me a cold beer when I walked in. And I, like, I loved you so much in that moment. <laughs> And I, I think, you know, we each have our lung, we, we each have our love languages. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for him, it was that simple. It was just an, an act of service. Um, for me, I really like verbal. Like, tell me I'm oh, great. Verbal tell me you time. love me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm a big cuddler, things like that. But just knowing that about the other person and making sure that you're addressing it is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that sometimes we forget we can ask. And it's totally. such a, we, we create these storylines in our heads. and So many storylines. Oh my gosh, we're so good at it too. Yeah. And then we make them real. We, we've convinced, themselves, convinced ourselves that they're completely real. And then we act on them and the other person is completely confused. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have that conversation a lot with women who are dating still. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I laugh because they're like, well, you have Carlos and he's so great. And I'm like, well, I dated a lot before I got to him. Kissed a bunch of frogs. Mm-hmm. I have a little bit of experience with this. Yeah. But the number one thing... I see happening, especially with texting, is you you have no context with that. Mm-hmm. And if you're you're starting off your communication through text, mm-hmm. oh man, the miscommunications, the the cracked foundation, the confusion. Totally. <laughs> or um, you know, you're meeting somebody online and you're seeing pictures of them, and they've got this carefully curated bio. Yeah. And you think you let yourself wander, you know, oh, this person says he's in finance, so he must be really wealthy, and he mm. says he likes to travel and hike, and so he must be really fit, and must be all these things, and, and have then a you great try to vocab. adjust to fit that, and then you actually meet the person in real life, and you get either super disappointed, oh. like you don't have any wiggle room for, not that I know, because I've never dated online, but, oh, um, you're, you're nailing it, you know, I tried that a few times, and it you was, did. oh yeah. yeah, it was a weird experience, and I know that for, you know, to be fair, though, I met a lot of great people. I met some great guys who just weren't weren't a good fit. You seem though like a really open-minded person. A little bit. Little you know bit. what I, I mean? Tried. I think <laughs> I, I can see you probably in that ballpark or in that ball game, just going in with an open mind and like learning or just experiencing that person yeah, with like no expectation. At the end of the day, we're all people, right? Like we both came here with the, hopefully the same intention to like find someone that we could potentially care about and build a life with. Yeah. And I always said this, like I don't think. I don't think God wastes our time or makes mistakes. Mm -hmm. So if you enter my life, it's for a reason. It's with a purpose. I want to treat you with that respect. Mm -hmm. You know, if I loved you at some point, I'll have love for you forever. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's times and seasons for folks. And I think that sometimes we we try to latch on a little bit. It's like, they were only here for 10 minutes, friends. Mm -hmm. Say hello, say thank you, and say goodbye. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So have you come to a point where you've realized um, that most things have happened the way they were supposed to or for a reason? Absolutely. Even the worst things. Um, For some reason, instantly, as you said that, it's like 9-11 comes to mind. I lost my uncle in 9-11. That was a traumatic experience for the world. Uh, It changed everything about how we live life and how we adapt and how we we relate to each other. Um, But even in something as horrific as that, um, new found relationships and like depth of relationships were formed yeah. and there was this this time period after that where people were kind to each other you know even in the the bustle of new york city where everyone just thinks we're cold and bitter and for the winter we definitely are um <laughs> don't talk to me <laughs> you know don't talk to me when i'm on my way to the subway but if yeah. we're at the bar i'll have a full conversation with you yeah um but in that moment it was like okay even in the in the darkest days like something positive come come out of this and it, unfortunately a lot of our media and the things that we like to you know the clickbait is all the dark stuff mm-hmm. um, and all the negative stories but I like to tell people like if you just take a moment to look a little bit more closely you will find incredible acts of kindness and even through the hurricanes that have hit you know yes it's horrific you can lose everything in in a split second um, everything can change 
but also look at how many people stepped up, opened their doors, gave, you know, comforted each other, and mm -hmm. just remembered that it could be any one of us. Mm -hmm. And if you just keep that mindset, then when you meet people, you know, you recognize, like, everyone's going through something. You may not see it. They may not talk about it. But we are literally all trying the best that we can with what we know and what we have. Mm -hmm. um, and if you give people just a little bit of grace and a little bit of time, and if you want to take the time to ask a few questions, you will find that you can identify with them probably within a very brief five-minute conversation. There's totally. something you can connect on. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we, we're living in a, in a situation right now where people love to argue. They, yeah. they would much rather argue than try to find common ground. And yeah. I think it's up to us, right? It's up to us to have these podcast conversations, to have these real-life conversations, to mm -hmm. meet for coffee, to, yeah. to just get real honest. Mm -hmm. And I think it's scary for a lot of folks because we've been hurt before. But mm -hmm. if you just get real honest and you get just a tiny bit vulnerable with someone, mm -hmm. it allows them to do the same. And now suddenly you're both taking off your mask and you have this real relationship opportunity, this real friendship that's able to form. Yeah. And that, I mean, it's worked for me time and time again to the point where I'm like, I just have to live this way. Mm -hmm. I just, I, I have to consciously make a decision to be as open and honest as I possibly can about what sucks and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. um, and that's how these, you know, these relationships form. Mm -hmm. Instead of it just being, I follow you on Instagram, it's like, hey girl, I text when I see something's going on or... Um, you know, just asking someone for a cup of coffee. And I, mm -hmm. it's not because I suddenly am all wise and I know how to do this. It's because people were doing it for, for me and saying, hey, come over for a meal. Mm -hmm. You know, I know you're alone this week or let's go get pizza. And just that, just the you, fact that you thought about me. Right. It's like, man, I, that's a, the life mm -hmm. you just gave. Just mm -hmm. an opportunity to step out of my house and be taken care of for a minute or be heard yeah. and give that space to me. Like, I have to do that for someone else mm -hmm. because, man, did you just lift me out mm -hmm. of the, the fearful cycle, the, the totally. depression I was about yeah. to sink into. <laughs> but I think it's a, I've made a conscious effort. Like, when I see something on social media, comment on it. Like, that yes. I like. You know what yes. I mean? Like, actively raise other people up. Yes. Um, you lose nothing, you gain everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Send the text message when you think about that person rather than just... That's a just, hard one. You yeah. know what I mean? I suck like, at that. I'm getting better. <laughs> stop and like actually acknowledge people. Um, so you're about to move. Again, yeah. circling back yeah. uh, four days out. What's next? <sighs> I think it's going to be taking everything I learned here. Um, it has been a very like entrepreneurship kind of focus, sisterhood focus kind of year. Um, and in that, I learned what I'm good at, what I suck at, <laughs> um, kind of what my strengths are, uh, what people know me for, um, and the areas that I'm still struggling in. And I, I don't want to forget that, and I don't want to make it a waste of time. Mm -hmm. So Florida, I'm going to give myself a little time to adjust and get to know the area. Um, but, you know, in San Antonio, I gave myself a couple months to do that. I want to give myself a couple weeks this time. It's like, I already did it once. Mm -hmm. You already know how to do this. Mm -hmm. um, forget the fear. Like, do it anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, reach out. Start sending out those messages. I spent, you know, like an hour yesterday trying to find new accounts to follow and figure out where we need to eat and where we need to be and what's, you know, taking my own advice finally. Yeah. Um, figuring out what events are going on. Trying to remember the different communities that I have. So yes, let's find a church community that we might become a part of. Um, let's find the entrepreneurship groups. Let's find the young professional groups. Let's find the chapters of things that we know are national mm -hmm. um, and just start getting plugged in, mm -hmm. see where you fit, see where it falls. But um, I'm trying not to uh, do it later. I'm trying to be in a mindset where I'm like, okay, do it now. Be you proactive know how to do this. about it. Yes, be yeah. more intentional. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's what's going to kind of set me up for success. And if it turns out that Florida is just not a time for business and it's actually a time for family because I do have family across the, you know, ginormous state, mm -hmm. um, then we'll adjust. But I don't want to sit back and wait anymore. It's like, let's open, let's run through each door. Yeah. <laughs> Whichever closes. Run we'll, through. Yeah, just, just let's Blow just go. through it. Let's just mash just through it like the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, or do you... Um, what about New York? Like, I'm oh, sure I your heart it. is still there. I mean. Yes and no. I miss it, but I have no desire to go back, if I'm wow. being super honest. Good. Like, um, 
I think when we're raised in the East Coast, we have this perception of like what quality of life is and what's available to us. Uh, and then you get plucked out and you move to Texas and you're like, wait a minute, people go home and have dinner with their families and we're not hit with a city tax. And, um, you know, I can hit hill country and go get wine and I don't have to be cold for 60% of the year. Maybe, maybe we don't have it all in the East Coast. Maybe yeah. New York isn't the place. Yeah. And I love that I was able to be raised there because mm -hmm. of the diversity, the opportunities oh my gosh, there, the, culture, the cultures, the arts, right? Like you can have friends from across the globe just by being there. And Ten you know, minutes I was away. absolutely, and I love food and I love cultural food and it has completely impacted the way that I look at the world. So I am all for spending some time there and enjoying it and understanding it and taking the best parts of it. Um, but unfortunately, I think that over the past couple of years, there's just has been an increase of anxiety, an increase in cost of living, and it's not worth it anymore. It's just not. It's just great to visit, spend a week there, enjoy it. Um, but when I can take half of my salary from New York, come here and have a four-bedroom home and be able to spend a majority of my time outside and to have access to hill country, to lakes, to just, you, it's not worth it. The taxes, the cost of living just isn't worth it. The cold isn't worth it as we're seeing right now. Like <laughs> I am feeling for my friends in the I Midwest and the East, but uh, you don't have to be there. And I know some folks are stuck there because of jobs and things like that, but take a risk. You know, sometimes your career on the other side of the country, you know, may pay less, but the cost mm -hmm. of living's less and mm -hmm. your quality of life will skyrocket. Yeah, I think um, that word stuck, like stuck is a mindset, I almost feel like, yeah. you know what I mean? Just yeah. they I mean, feel look handcuffed at, to it. Yeah, look yeah. at your journey, like, or, or look at mine. I mean, yeah. I could absolutely still be in Cleveland, Ohio, saying suffering absolutely. through another, you know, 20 below winter where my car's brakes go out. Um, but, but, but that's just a mindset. Absolutely. Um, there are other... Anyway, just don't be complacent, people. Take yes, risks. take a risk. You know, and, and especially to our young folks, right? Like, if you're just out of college, oh my gosh, say yes to all of it. Opportunities are endless. Say yes to all of it, even in college. I tell people, I'm like, yeah. if you're paying to go to college, please take a semester and leave the country. I know. Just do I it. I didn't do it. Just I, do it. Yeah. That was a parent thing, but that's okay. And sometimes that happens. I know. Other times you just got to say, you know what? I'm over 18. I'm doing it anyway. Exactly. <laughs> well, um, you know, thank you. You've spent quite a bit of time with us. Um, I think some of the big themes here, obviously, identity and community, faith, um, serving, service. Those are some yeah. big themes that we talked about, taking the risk fighting the fear, using fear as a sign you should do it. Um, what is there any, la any last words? <laughs> Anything that you think is left out of, um, I know we even probably just skimmed the surface, I mean, from yeah. all of your life experiences. But it's been nuts. I, I think if I leave you with anything, it's do it anyway. Just do it anyway. That, that dream that is just nagging at you, that vision you have, the idea that you can't let go of, there is nothing stopping you but you. Just try, just do it, just ask. Just ask and see what happens. And if it doesn't work out, at least you did, right? At least you know now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned and has benefited me this year and the last couple of years. I just ask. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Thank you. This has been awesome. That was a high five. today's episode, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review if you wouldn't mind. Give us some stars, hopefully five of them. Um, and follow us on social media at Coffee with Katie Pod. I will be checking in periodically. I've got a couple more episodes recorded right now, I'm hoping to release another one in two weeks. So stay tuned. The only way to know that things are coming is if you subscribe. All right. I hope you make it a great, great week. See you later.